welcome everyone. Capcorner.com podcast, capcorner.com, your sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of capcorner.com, coming to you live from the palatial Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it's Wednesday, September 21st. Hopefully you're actually hearing this podcast this week. My apologies for the uh, IT issues slash concerns that we had last week. Um, we did not get to, obviously, let you guys listen to that show. Um, <laughs> depending on what you saw on Saturday, maybe it's a good thing. Um, we are going to dive back into Virginia football. We will talk about uh, the results uh, up in East Hartford, and, and we will also preview this weekend's game against the Chippewas of Central Michigan, one of the greatest mascots in all of college sports. Uh, before we do that, let's go out to Fishersville. David Spence is back on the program. Welcome back, Dave. Thank you, Brad. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. Dave says my name kind of funny. You ever notice that? Um, <clears throat> also back on the podcast is uh, up in Arlington, our uh, staff writer Justin Ferber is also back on the show. Welcome back, sir. I'm going to try this. Uh, thank you, Brad. <laughs> Was that close? <laughs> no, you weren't. Thank you, no. thank you Brad. He, he, it's it's kind of, he says it like bread. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> Bread. Thanks, Brad. It's weird. All right, give me like give the bread. people, give like the people your Twitter bread. handle so I can give the people my Twitter handle. <laughs> At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Although it is very frustrating to me that I do all these radio spots and they always get my stupid Twitter handle wrong. They always say it's just at Cavs Corner, and I can't talk that. Well, I don't know. That guy hasn't tweeted in like nine years. Um, anyway, <laughs> so... I think at this point we've gotten enough distance away from the end of the game on Saturday to have some frame of, I don't know, some piece of objectivity, some, you know, maybe not necessarily quite frustration driven. Um, I gave myself a good 24 hours before I even thought about writing anything. Um, as Dave, as Dave reminded me on Monday morning after it posted, um, as we look back on that, is the, is the takeaway still just the, the kind of, um, head-scratching coaching decisions for you guys? Is that the thing that, that lasts from that game? Or is it really the improvement of the defense and maybe even you know buoyed a little bit by the fact that that, that offense is maybe not um, necessarily uh, all that explosive? And so the fact that Virginia only gave up one touchdown is a good thing. What do you guys think? Where are we, where are we at now thinking about uh, the Cavaliers and what they did on Saturday and, and, and the kind of lasting impact on us? I kind of wish Virginia played tomorrow night. Like it's, it's been a weird week, and a, you know, the, the whole fact that, you know, at least Justin and I had to watch the game on ESPN three, um, so we had you had that delay thing, and then some some people were seeing it live, and so you kind of knew something was happening before you happened, so it changed your frame of reference seeing it for me, and I realized that like the next day during our hiatus from discussing it um, that you know, I kind of knew something bad happened. So I was waiting to see it. Um, so as the days went by and I kind of got a chance, got the stomach to watch it again. Um, what happened at the end doesn't bother me as much now as it did then. Um, I, there's some questionable things that the, the no, no time out after you stop UConn there. Um, that's been weighing on me and I don't know. It's, we saw improvement from the defense against a team that wasn't as good. And so it, it's easy to, it, it depends on how you want to look at it, man. And I think because of the result, I, I tend to look at this one as a glass half empty. Um, and I was kind of disappointed that 
again, like so many times last year, there was a game there for the taking, um, and we didn't manage to do it. Yeah, I think that I'm I'm in a somewhat similar spot. I'm still a little bit miffed as to as to some of the things that 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 I guess went down in that fourth quarter, especially the decisions on the that first, second, third down call and on on the on the very final uh, bit of the drive. I I think it's funny that not many people noticed the the time that ran off the clock on that third down um, that that UConn had. Um, myself included until you guys actually mentioned it because I just I guess automatically assumed that they had called the timeout. Um, <clears throat> I I think the bigger question I have after hearing Bronco on Monday was he he said more about the passing game than I think he's said so far, which is they got to get they got to get chunk yards. I believe that Mike Barber had a stat today that Virginia is the only team in the country that does not have an offensive play forty yards or more. Um, I believe I believe I'm 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 attributing that correctly. If, if it was somebody else other than Barbara, I apologize. But to me, what that says to me is that Virginia just doesn't have, like, they don't have an offense that can go consistently go nine, ten, twelve plays. They need they need them in chunks. And what they got on that last drive was chunks. And I just would have liked to have seen them take at least one shot at the end zone. You're on the road. You haven't won, won a road game since 2012. Um, you you haven't won a game this year. Period. I just what that would have been like for those kids to win and the confidence it would have given them. You know, I, I hear the guys talking this week about how hungry they are and how it's you know how it almost makes them stronger in some ways that they 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 that the way the thing went down because it makes them that much more uh, hungry. You know, but man, what a win would have done. Um, you know, wins beget wins. I just feel like in that scenario, this idea that like what you're you wanted to play for the win, but then you got close and decided to. To set up for a chip shot field goal well run to the middle of the field like w- w- you almost made the thing harder in some ways by by going further to the to, you know beyond the hash Ferber, what about you what's what's the last what are the last you know three four days been like thinking about um things are you still as frustrated as you were that day or did it or did that result really solidify in your mind yep this team is uh is flirting with 0 and 12 um I don't know. It's it's one of those things where you think go back and I, I'm starting to think back to games that they won that were really close and you kind of think like what was the difference and sometimes it's just the bounce of the ball or or what have you. I mean, what was there like one missed block on the quarterback draw that maybe could have you know sprung it into the end zone? I mean, think back to that Idaho game UVA won um, back in 2011 where they won basically because Idaho couldn't convert a, a, sec- a two point conversion. Um, or, you know, maybe like that Indiana game that same year where they kind of, you know, made some plays down the stretch and got a good bounce of the ball um, late to win the game. Uh, but, you know, I, the way I look at it is I, I probably the, the biggest uh, disagreement I had or, you know, a different perspective that I had than what they did was not going for it at the end. Um, I'm I'm really cool with the quarterback draw, especially if you're going for it on fourth down. Um, I'm, I'm definitely I think that's fine. Um, I agree with you, Brad. I think they should have taken some shots into the end zone, though. At least give yourself a chance. Um, they'd been passing, obviously, so I think that there would have been a good chance. They have enough guys um, that they can put, you know, spread the defense out and, and give themselves a chance to make something happen there. Um, and a fast quarterback that can kind of get out and run a little bit if you have to do that. Uh, I think that would have been a big psychological thing for the team to say, you know what, we've had this long road losing streak, and um, you know we're going to end it right here. And if you lose. At least you can say, well, we lost going for the win instead of, 
you know, a kind of a crazy haphazard scramble drill to run out a kicker who's never played in a game before um, in order to make the kick. Uh, as far as the win-loss record and how it could impact things, I mean, it's one less win than they, that they can get and, and, and one of the easier opponents I think they're going to play. Uh, the defense definitely played better and more consistently, but at the same time, I think UConn's offense is mediocre at best, and I think I'm being pretty kind with that. Uh, I think their offense was as uh, lacked as much creativity as you possibly could against a, a team that has really struggled to stop pretty much everything this year that they've played. So um, I think they basically played to have a game exactly like how it went. I mean, they were very happy to win the game 13-10. to 10. Um, The offense, obviously, like you said, needs to get more chunk plays. They need to have more explosive plays and capitalize. Uh, I mean, you go up 10 nothing, you have to keep scoring. You can't... Uh, expect to win with 10 points and I think that was the biggest takeaway for me was that um it just seemed like they didn't do enough in the second half to to distance themselves and some of that was UConn but a lot of that I think was UVA not being able to to you know enforce their will kind of on UConn a team that I think is less talented and and is still trying to find their way themselves so um, I don't really disagree with a lot of the stuff that happened down the stretch per se. I think I would have just gone for it at the goal line. Um, obviously they wasted some time on the timeout, but at the same time, I don't necessarily agree with Bronco that, wow, like we saw a huge improvement from week two to week three. Uh, I don't really think that. I think a lot of that had to do with the opponent and, um, and I, I don't want to look at this as like, well, we lost, but, uh, but it's a situation where we really played excellent football. Like, I mean, if you score 10 points in a game, I don't really care who it is. Um, I mean, unless you're playing Alabama, you should probably be able to score more than 10 points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, Justin, I think – sorry, Brad. No, um, go ahead, Dave. <clears throat> one thing I wanted to mention, like we – the three of us, the one thing that kind of hit me this week and um, – well, it was hit me before, but I don't know if I mentioned it yet – is you know we we continue to look at this through the prism of, of being a Virginia fan for the you know or for me as being a fan you guys for following the team um, for many years and, and being personally affected by the last few years especially this coaching staff is not you know they haven't dealt with that so they're seeing this team through they're seeing this team through a different prism than we are so. You know, I think it's going to take a little while for them to kind of feel our pain. <laughs> I mean, and I, I don't know. I don't think it affects their calls or anything. But the desperation that every Virginia fan felt at the end of that game, wanting to, or even not, not before the end, um, all the desperation we felt just wanting that victory was probably. I'm not saying it's greater than the coaches, but it was more from a sense of we haven't had one in so long. Can we have it? versus them who are seeing it as a piece of the building puzzle. Um, so, I mean, me as a fan, I'm like, does it hurt you as much as it hurts me? Because I was, you know, just just devastated at the end, able, you know, which most fans are every, every time you lose. But, you know, as, as I went back and looked at it, I think you guys are right. I mean, I didn't have any problem with the – I kind of like the fact that they knew exactly how long it took to run that field goal unit out. I mean, the line was set. The ball is ready to be snapped with six seconds left. Um, granted, you know, if you've got Connor Hughes or someone like that, Rafael Garcia running out to take that, you're feeling a lot more confident. And they've got Furbank, um, who who's never been in that situation. Um, but again, you know, it's I, my problem with the game. Uh, 
Saturday, Saturday wasn't so much that last possession because I thought we finally opened it up. It was what happened after we got up 10 nothing. I thought the team got, you know, the play calling got a little complacent. And, you know, obviously we don't know. We can look and say, hey, there's a wide receiver running deep. Maybe that's the primary route and he checked down. But, you know, it seemed we got a lot less aggressive after we got up, um, got a lead. And we kind of just, I, I don't want to say set on it, but, you know, there's, I thought there was a point in the game where Virginia could have pushed the lead out quite a bit. Um, because Connecticut wasn't playing well before the half. Um, Connecticut makes some good adjustments. I don't think it was anything catastrophic, but I think that's the part of the game Virginia lost. And some of that has to do with, you know, not knowing how to put a team away. So, I mean, it's, it's easy to look at that last, you know, the, the field goal, missed field goal. Why are you kicking it? Why are you running the quarterback draw? But, you know, I think Virginia lost that game after they're up 10 nothing and didn't make it make it bigger. That's a good point. I, I want to hit two. I want to hit two things real quick. The first is to your point about um, the misery that fans feel. I, I think that it's impossible. It's impossible to ask fans to dip, to 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 draw a, a slash between the Mike London era and the Bronco Mendenhall era. Like you can you can say to yourself, okay, this season they're they're rebuilding. And this is for the future, and understand that does not change the reality that is the losing. Okay, just like it doesn't change the reality for the players, right? I mean, we we hear so much about you know losing mindset, changing culture, changing culture, culture, culture. You know, mindset, mindset. But the same is true with fans, right? The idea that the players have historically played in a, in a they've played at this at this school and they've lost, and so now they need to learn how to win. I think the same thing is true of fans. Like fans are desperately want to win too, and so the idea that like I think you're kind of probably right. Like this was not a pressure situation in some. If you think, if you really think about it, for the staff or whatever, like there, this is a group of guys who have had a lot of success. You know, Broncos zero three for the first time in his career, and clearly he wants to win, and it's keeping him up. And he he's he's honest about that. But at the same time, like there is a desperation here uh, for fans that maybe. That is is difficult for for anybody who hasn't been there, you know, f- for the last however many years, right? I mean, you got some fans who have been around this program for decades, you know, and they had a couple high water marks, and that's it, and they're just beaten up, and they and you have something like that, like, like look, you're already going to beat UConn, uh, on a, 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 if you could get it done, you, it was only going to be like you know a touchdown win or something like. It wasn't like you 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 beat them by twenty five, um. So it wasn't like you were going to leave feeling great anyway, but at least you didn't feel like you were devastated. And I think Dave's right. I think for a lot of folks, that was an emotional reaction. Holy crap, not again. And I think the fact that there were some, some mis, there was some mismanagement at the end certainly plays into that. Um, I, I, I agree with you guys. I like, I like the quarterback draw. I don't like it on third down after you ran on first and clocked in on second. In my, 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 give me a magic wand. You throw on first down. If you don't get it, therefore the clock stops. Uh, you run on second down because you have had the clock stop. Now you have basically two downs. You can either take another pass to the end zone and then kick the field goal if you if you don't get it. If you if you if you do get it, then you, you haven't obviously you know waste you you don't leave the that much time on the clock. Um, or if you don't get on third down, you have a choice as to whether or not you think the kid can come in. But I agree. Like they, I do think I will say this. I do think it's really uh, really int- interesting that they knew exactly how long they needed. To get that Toro field, you know, the rushed field goal kick on, I still don't think it was the right call. I still think that if you were going to kick the field goal 
If you if you wanted if your whole like what Bronco said after the game, which is a little bit different than what he said Monday, but if you're gonna kick the field goal and that was your point, then kick the field goal on third down because you don't lose anything. You at least that way you know you're going to overtime and you don't. But if you're not gonna take a shot at the end zone, kick the field goal um, because you don't have anything to gain. Now, one thing you said a second ago that you thought things got conservative or what have you. I, I don't. I didn't get the sense that they sat on a lead. I mean, that next drive after they go up to nothing, they actually get a, a three and out. Um, they come back down, uh, they get a couple first downs, and then they get a holding call that basically forces them to punt. Um, the next drive, uh, they get to the uh, to the um, uh, 41, it's a third and six, and they run on third down, which I was thought was a curious call, and they end up having to punt. Um, then they had the, uh, another three and out the next drive. I didn't think they necessarily got complacent. I thought that... Um, I just thought I really thought that 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 UConn did a good job from the middle of the second quarter on of taking away some angles and really putting Virginia in a, in a spot where like the offense you were getting isn't there anymore. And now you've got to kind of uh, facilitate. You've got to really like manufacture it, and they just didn't do a good enough job. Um, you know whether it was a you know they had that the next the first drive of the third quarter they get that personal foul penalty on Smith and that basically kills the drive. Um, the next one. Uh, was the the next drive was the was the pass breakup by the defensive lineman? Um, the next drive starts off with that um, that pass to uh, Dubois for like a gain of twenty six. Um, then they go into the third quarter and Ben Kirk gets sacked, loss of twelve, and that basically killed the drive. Um, it, it, to me, I didn't think they got complacent. I just thought that. Um, that situationally they just weren't good enough offensively to manufacture it against a defense that, again, not great, but solid. And solid enough to basically not – they're not going to make mistakes. They're not going to miss a lot of tackles. They weren't going to – you know what I'm saying? They weren't going to let you get deep. They just basically made, they just basically made you beat them, and Virginia wasn't able to do that, um, which is weird considering the situation they see themselves in this weekend because this is going to be an offense that's going to put a lot of pressure on them in a lot of situations. Um, Cooper Rush might be I'm trying to think other than Lamar Jackson on the schedule. Who? What other better quarterbacks are they going to face? Uh, Trubisky's pretty good. I don't. I'm not putting him on this kid's level yet. Um, this kid has played every every game. He started every game but one of his college career to this point. Um, right now, fourth. He's only like a 67 percent passer. <laughs> yeah, but he's but he's also fourth. Na- but he's fourth nationally in touchdowns. Um, oh, he's good, man. He's top fifteen in in in, in yards per game. Um, I, I think that if you look around him, look, this is a big offensive line, man. Six four three twenty, six four three hundred, six four three hundred, six five three hundred, six, uh, and they have a six foot three, two hundred thirty pound quarterback. Like that's a bunch of big dudes, uh, and most of them older dudes, um, guys who have been around. I think what do we say? They had one sophomore on the of the starters on offense and two on defense. I just think that it's a it's a team that knows who they are. It's kind of like what Broncos said on the ACC call. They they're just a group that knows where they are. They have specific roles and guys who play those those jobs. Uh, I think this is going to be an incredibly tough matchup, and I totally understand why Vegas has Virginia as a you know roughly three three and a half point underdog. Uh, how do you guys feel about this, Dave? Let's start with you. What what are some of your your thoughts going into uh, this matchup with the uh, with the Chippewas? I mean, very good team. I don't know. I mean, based on the four we've played so far, I don't. I think they beat Richmond. <laughs> um, you know, Rich, Richmond's performance this weekend kind of throws it off. Um, but the 
you know, Cooper Rush is a heck of a quarterback. Justin's been yapping about him off the podcast for what six weeks now. Um, it's he, he's a very good passer. Um, he definitely he's not doesn't have the quickest delivery, doesn't have the strongest arm, but he, he's super accurate and knows that offense very well. Um, I don't want to step on Justin certainly has probably watched a lot more than I have with them, but I'd say their offense is pretty similar to uh, kind of a cross between Richmond and, and um, uh, Connecticut. I mean, they definitely have some pro style looks, but some spread elements too. Um, a lot. They're a very good team. I, I kind of like the fact that Virginia is an underdog, not for the sake that it's going to make Virginia you know, want to win the game more i just think it keeps the fans perspective a little better um you know all week everywhere i look i keep seeing virginia's underdogs so, so maybe fans don't show up expecting this to be a cakewalk um but yeah it's i i do think it's a winnable game for you know they don't have they don't have the dynamic athlete of oregon um you know they've got a least i can't remember the what's their uh, i can't remember the receiver's name off the top of my head but um Kroll? it's got Kroll ahead, or, or chapman Kroll. uh i think it's crawler he's the he's a smaller one right um no Kroll six three chapman's five, uh six foot all right well although, they although have like three put Corey willis on receivers that they throw to yeah Corey willis yeah. is is the smaller one that has four touchdowns all right, so that's what I'm looking at. Is you know, we've got one guy who's kind of the you know the scat guy who's, um, you know, but they're, you know, I, I don't think they scare you as far as taking over the top. What what I've seen is they they tend to, they tend to create one on one matchups by by formation. Um, I haven't seen a touchdown this year they scored to get you know, you know, in a, against his own look. Everything was, was against man, but you know that's what what we're going to see from Virginia. So. Uh, the key for the key for us this weekend will be we'll get getting pressure on on Rush. He's certainly not the same quarterback when he's when he's got to get out of the pocket. I mean, he's not a big run threat. Um, he can certainly run it. He's just not a big run threat. Um, I mean, I don't want to get in predictions yet. I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a, certainly a game if if Virginia plays to what I believe the potential of the team is, and Lord knows I don't know if my belief of their potential is true or not, but. I, mean, I think it's a game Virginia could win. Um, certainly helps being at home, you would hope. Um, but it's it's a game where I think you know we've got to see. I, I don't think what we saw from the defense last week is indicative of where they are. I mean, Connecticut's pretty bad offensively. Probably the worst offensive team we'll face until Wake Forest. Um, Three and zero Wake Forest. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that really hurts. Um, but you know, I think the key is going to be creating pressure um, on them offensively, because you know their defense is good, their starters are good. They don't have a lot of depth, um, so it's going to be a matter of you know, longs, you know, making making the most out of your making the most out of your drives. Maybe going some tempo, a little faster tempo than we've seen the last couple of weeks. Um, trying to create, you know, create some stress against their defense because. They're going to do what they do on offense, and I don't know that you're going to st- shut them down. So we're going to have to score. 
Yeah, I think that's the that's the thing that I. That yeah, that's I my big take on message. We need to score, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing I keep thinking about, which is that Virginia has to score a lot of points in this game. And realistically, this defense I think is one that that has enough experience that you're gonna you can't whatever you've put on film so far, the dip and dunk and stuff like that's just probably not gonna work. You know, these guys are, you know, they got a, a 310 pound nose tackle, a 290 pound um, uh, defensive tackle, both of them seniors. You got uh, linebackers who are 230, 235, 240. You got DBs who have some size, six foot, six one, five eleven, five eleven. So I mean, you're not talking about like there's this impression I think that a lot of fans have. I keep seeing this like idea that like, oh, you should have crushed Richmond on the talent discrepancy alone. And I'm like, that's not how it works anymore. Like MAC teams, man, MAC teams. If there's any further indictment of where Virginia is as a program right now, it's the fact that MAC teams are going to bowl games. And Virginia couldn't get close. You feel me? Like, like th- th- this this team has guys who understand who they are, where they are in the system. It doesn't matter. You can talk about talent discrepancy, whatever. But development is all the, is is the is the is the piece that that takes basically what 115 teams in the country and basically jostles them together, right? Because realistically, there are what 10 teams that can win the national championship every year, maybe less, right? You're, you're not yeah. one of those teams. It, it don't matter. You know, like you're not getting elite talent. Yeah, you're going to have a couple good players here or there, and you're going to have some guys who aren't that great, and you're going to have to develop all of them all the same. And so, like, to me, I look at this defense, I'm like, I'm not seeing a place where Virginia's offense is just going to roll up and be like, all right, let's do this. You know, it's going to take some so, some chance. It's going to take taking some chances and being aggressive. And I think if there's anything I'm I, – I, I have I have like – it's almost like this, like – I have to remind myself that 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 this offense is like related in some way, shape, or form to the air raid. You see, you know what I mean? Like it's it, sometimes it's just hard to believe that 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 is that is actually true. Um, not not that anybody calls it that. I'm not saying I'm not you know I'm not trying to misconstrue that. I'm just saying like where's the aggression? You know, you have take one of my Zelamade Zacchaeus, two very in two very uh good offensive weapons and i don't see maybe i'm just wrong with this you guys call me out i don't see anything offensively using these two guys uh to their to not just their own individual potentials but in terms of helping the team you know like i don't see looks where like you're putting a linebacker in a spot where he has to he has to cover one of those two guys you know you don't you don't see him on the same side of the field clearing everybody else so somebody can come out behind him because the defense is paying so much attention to those guys. Like, they are not just weapons, but they are weapons for your offense. And not that doesn't mean just throwing the ball to them. That means, you know, doing other stuff around them and making the defense do something other than just waiting for you to throw another comeback route. Um, I just feel like Virginia has to get down the field. They have to get things in chunks. I mean, how many times – I mean, I know I've said this before on the podcast, but, like, how many times Virginia got to have first and goal at the eight? You know, at some point you got to plug, you got to pop one in from the twenty-seven. You got to, you know, you got to have some big plays. Um, everybody's, you know, talking this past weekend about guys dropping the ball before they go into the end zone. And I had a thought like, oh, I'm never going to see that because Virginia guys either don't get into the end zone, or if they do, the ball has to get there with them. Like very rarely. Think about it. When's the last time you saw a Virginia player just running down the field, about to score a touchdown that you knew was about to happen? For several seconds, as you watch him run, it just doesn't happen, and that's a problem. And like that's something like when I watched this team in three practices in camp, they were throwing the ball downfield. Now what changed? And I, 
and look, the staff has changed. So unless there's somebody at UVA, like there's some some equipment guy that's like making them not run deep plays, then what? It doesn't make any sense. Like, where is this like this conservativeness? Where where does it where does it come from, and how do we kill it? Because that's basically you know what I'm saying. Like this team has weapons that they're not using, and I think Broncos' point this Monday about you know about having to having to be better in that area. Um, I, I think maybe that's one of those things we we talked about before about. Um, on the podcast nobody heard you know they, they do do a good job of identifying something that's a problem and and you make strides in it the next week um, if the defense can play 75 80 percent of what they did last week you know and keep central michigan in the in the in the 20s then this i think is a game virginia can win if they're able if they're if they're willing to be aggressive if they're willing to say you know what we're not going to win this thing dipping and dunking we're going to have to go downfield and if we throw a couple picks here and there we're just gonna have to shake it off as a, as a price of doing business forever what do you think where do you fall on this whole thing? Agreed. I think um, I think it's it's odd, and I noticed this in the UConn game how long you might go without Zacchaeus or Mizell getting the ball, um, or hearing their name or seeing them. Uh, I mean, in this offense, that just doesn't make sense, especially with where they are um, from a talent perspective across the board. You have to find a way to get those guys the ball in space. And honestly, I thought this offense would be a much better fit for them in that way than than the previous regime. But so far. Um, it seems like they're struggling to do that. Uh, we'll see if they kind of adjust to that going forward. Um, like you said, it's just not a lot of explosive plays, uh, and I'm interested to see if they can find ways to get, especially Zacchaeus, who has shown to be kind of more of a vertical downfield threat in the passing game at times. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can incorporate that somehow because it hasn't really been there yet. Um, and I know he's been kind of coming back from injury, but um, I think that's really important. Uh, like you guys said, I think it's going to be important that they score points because this offense of Central Michigan's is decent uh, to good, obviously. Um, everything Dave said was on the money. They like to create one-on-one matchups by using three and four wide receiver sets. Um, they'll go under those under centers, pistol stuff, stuff like that, um, and just try to basically – it's a lot like what Richmond would do. They just try to create matchups on the edge and and uh, make it, let a guy make a play and kind of take advantage of that. Um, and it's it's tough to stop a team with that many wide receivers. So uh, it'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, I think that the defense, if they can show what they did in the front against UConn where they got a good pass rush and, and stuffed the run, um, if they can do that against a Central Michigan line that is probably not one of the more talented ones that they'll face this year um, and get after Cooper Rush, I think that they can make things – tougher on him and maybe force him into a mistake or two it was good to see uva's defense get some turnovers for a change uh, against uconn so it'll be interesting to see how they do that i think uva's offense like we just talked about needs to be more explosive and they're probably going to have to score at least uh 24 27 points to win this game i think um that's kind of where i'm falling with it right now but um yeah, like you said, I mean, the MAC teams, the, everybody talks about this talent discrepancy, and it's not what it used to be back, even in like the 90s or early 2000s. The MAC teams are good now. Um, I mean, the talent discrepancy isn't as big as it was. Teams from the MAC can beat you. Obviously, FCS teams can beat you. If you look around the MAC, I mean, team Western Michigan beat Northwestern and Illinois. And um, I mean, Illinois has, you know, been kind of where UVA has been recently up and down, but Northwestern won 10 games last year, and they lost to Western Michigan. and and Western Michigan won those. I mean, they were the better team in those games. And and uh, Central Michigan obviously beat Oklahoma State. And even though it was under unique circumstances with the controversial ending, I mean, they were in that game and, and ready to win it. So um, that kind of shows you that it's not just a 
but the talent gap isn't what it was. And you have to come prepared for, for every game. And, and obviously, like Dave said, you know, you, you you hope the fans don't come in with the attitude that this is just another MAC team and they should be able to win. And anything less than that's unacceptable. Um, because I doubt that the players feel any different than that. I'm sure that they're taking this very seriously and just want to get in the win column. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I think a win could be good for everybody's psyche and give them a chance to kind of build on something. But um, if they don't get one, then it makes things even kind of digger, even even bigger hole. And um, but right before you start conference play, which is going to be uh, obviously more of a challenge. Yeah. Uh, one thing hey, Brad, I, do- I want to can I take us off topic for one second. Oh God. <laughs> so, Maybe. This whole point of like the talent discrepancy, right? And I saw it come up on the board a couple of times in the past few weeks. Like, should Virginia be happy to be a perennial seven to eight win team? I hate to be that guy, but yeah, you should be. Um, I mean, you you mentioned it earlier that they they used to call it the you know the mythical national championship for college football. Well, guess what? It still pretty much is. Um, I mean, no one was it Georgia Tech in nineteen was that nineteen ninety. Um, I mean, essentially, it's been seven or eight teams that have won it every year. Um, so I, you know, there's still going to be there's always going to be 10 to 12 teams competing for the national title every year, no matter where they fall, you know, they'll rotate, but it's always going to be the same 10, at least the way the game is structured right now. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's that difference between the teams below them. It, I call it the Boise state effect. As soon as Boise state started playing on Friday nights and now, like there's literally last week's game was such crazy because we had to watch it on, live stream but guess what we can still watch it so you can go as a freshman a talented freshman why some guys are not going to go sit at alabama or sit at a team like virginia for three years to play um they're going to go to a a mac school and they're going to get start playing from day one like cooper rush did and they're going to be on tv most of their games and you're going to create teams that when they've got when they've got a good senior class like ball state when they came in like when central michigan when they came in they're going to be every bit as good as a non-elite Power 5 team. And that's yeah. what we're seeing over and over. So I think it just helps the fans if they understand that. Like, you can't schedule a game that you know is going to be a win anymore. Right. Uh, they don't exist. Well, the thing, and the thing, too, that folks need to, to kind of temper that mindset with is, like, hey, guys, listen. Like, y- you live in a world where Virginia's awful. Like, that's okay <laughs> because you just you just change coaching staff. You change everything. You're rebuilding like this idea that like even in that scenario you were going to like out talent the, these people like it's just not reality you know like there's a reason you fired your coach right like there's a reason you're rebuilding and it is not because the talent discrepancy doesn't bother you like talent discrepancy is there's look there is some truth to that if your coach if you if you're if you're mediocre then yes you will have better talent than a team out of it out of the FCS or out of the MAC okay that's that's if you're just mediocre, let's say you're going to a bowl game every other year, some maybe some some years you win seven, eight games. If you're mediocre, like that's kind of mediocre now with 12 game schedule, right? But like your team is not there. It's not even it's not even remotely close to there right now, right? Could you look at a scenario and say before the season, you know what? Uh, I think they're going to beat Richmond. I think they're going to lose Oregon. I think they're going to uh, beat UConn. I think they're going to beat Central Michigan. Sure, but like. Teams have like I don't know, gotten better. Like you have some, you have other, you have other teams that like Poindexter. You saw we say they're on scholarship too. So like man, 
Central Michigan has a has a really good team, and you can you can scoff at the name and you can try to pretend, but like the fact that you do that, they feed on that, and like all you're doing is just perpetuating the stereotype. But you're not you're not doing yourself any favors in terms of real real world expectations. If Central Michigan goes out there and hangs forty on them, like that's not the end of the world because this is a very good offense with a kid at quarterback who's probably going to play in the league and who's been there. Like he's easily the commander of this offense. Like he's the dude. Right, he's a two-time, he's a two-year captain. He's a four-year starter. He's London Perantis, and I don't care what kind of jersey you put on London Perantis. He's gonna be good, right? And so, like this idea that like, oh, there's a big talent. No, there's not, because your team sucks right now. And maybe in a few years, once they have some, you know, some ability, you know, develop some guys and actually build some depth, then maybe you won't. But for now, like that ain't the word. Like you either accept that yes, your team was awful and they fired its coach and now you're rebuilding, or you live in a cuckoo world where. Like, oh, well, just because you suck, you're able to pull five stars. And, you know, Dom and, like, these kids that everybody wants, you're going to get them too. Like, that's just not the, the world right now, and it's going to be a while before it is. Um, now, speaking of five stars, I do want to – real quickly, I want to touch on Andrew Brown because the kid had an, a phenomenal game, and I think um, for as much heat as he's taken, uh, in, in, I think it largely unwarranted considering some of the, the you know, the s- situation and circumstances at play – he had an awesome game, and I think it's worth talking about. I mean, I just thought that he was at times dominant um, coming off the line of scrimmage. And he is, in a game like this where you have a quarterback that you literally just cannot allow to just sit back and pick you apart, he's the guy that Virginia has to, to see in the backfield. Him and Chris, Chris Beast have to make an impact on Saturday for Virginia to have any chance to win. Um, I, I thought he was he was in the right position. Um I thought he he did a good job of of keeping his keeping his cool even his penalties were flying and you know some of that stuff was frustrating but I really I really liked the game I saw from him I think he's he's really starting to play to that potential um, and it's funny what happens when you play a guy consistently he gets consistent reps um, you know eventually he starts to you know kind of get it and develop a little bit but I just thought that it was worth making sure we mentioned because as much as we talked about you know as much as we talked about um, play calls and coaching decisions and stuff Virginia is getting better defensively and a lot of that is because I think guys like Andrew Brown are getting better and I think that it'll be interesting to see how he continues to develop the season and where he has where he is by the time uh, they go to Blacksburg I mean I just think that the Drew has so much unlocked potential and now that he's seeing consistent consistent time and 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 realistically being coached I think by a very good um coach and rough I, I just I, I just really like seeing what I saw from him last week and certainly I think that 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 kind of um, implies good things for him and the team uh, going forward. Um, all right, let's get to let's get to some predictions. Uh, in the preseason, Dave, you had Virginia uh, winning this game by twenty-one. You had you had forty-one <laughs> twenty. Uh, Cavaliers. My We're guess also is three and one at this point. Yeah, yeah. My guess is you want to amend that just a skosh. Um, what do you what do you think of this, and what's your number? Yeah, I'm kind of like you. Yeah, I've been going back and forth all week. Um, and then, you know, I think what it boils down to, I think if Virginia plays, if, if we play to our potential, it's a winnable game. Um, you know, if, I think it's a very good team. I just, I don't know. I, I look at, listen to Bronco this week, and I know there's some people like kind of teetering on jumping off the bandwagon. And, um, I mean, I'm just giving the benefit of the doubt that I think he was really, I think he's going to take what happened 
Saturday very, very personally. You know, he's got a big ego. He might not talk like it, but he's got a big ego. I mean, all, all college coaches do. Um, I expect the team to be fired up. I mean, everything I've read and seen on Twitter from the team is very encouraging, considering what happened last weekend. Um, my, my final... I think it's going to be a tight game. I mean, it's no way Virginia's going to blow them out by 21. I, I'd love to be wrong on that, but um, I, I just, I'm going to go Virginia 26, Central Michigan 24. I, I think we're going to open the offense up a little bit. Um, I, I think if, like you were mentioning, Andrew Brown, I think if we, if Virginia can, um, I, I love how I keep switching we and Virginia is because I'm not sure who's going to win. It's always we if we do. Um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> You know, I think if, if we can get pressure with, with our defensive line like we did last week, um, allowing us to keep a safety back over top and, and you know, Rush's arm is not that strong. He throws the deep ball, but it's, it's, it's got some air under it. Um, and I've got faith that it's going to happen this week, 26-24, Virginia. All right, Ferber. In the uh, preseason, you had uh, Virginia winning this game 44-20. to my guess is you're also going to want to amend that a touch. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to change that. Um, <laughs> no, obviously that was a different time. Uh, but I, I don't think they're going to score 44 points. Uh, but I, I think that the offense is going to have to make some improvements because, like you said, this is dink and dunk stuff that um, he said, you know, it's not going to work. I think teams are going to let them do it. Because they haven't proven themselves to be able to turn it into points. Uh, I mean, they scored 10 points. They scored 26 points. They scored 20 points against Richmond. So, I mean, not very consistent, not enough production. So, I think you can tell them, you know, if you're Central Michigan, you can kind of say, well, let them do what they do and make them prove that they can turn that into touchdowns, which they haven't been able to do yet. Um, I think the key is going to be getting pressure on Rush and forcing him into some mistakes because – if Central Michigan plays a clean game, based on what I've seen from them and what I've seen from UVA, I think they'll win. Um, if UVA can force them into a few mistakes here and there, then maybe they'll have a shot, you know, some short field position. And, and then obviously they're going to have to cash in on offense. They can't settle for three. They're going to have to go out and get seven points when they can um, and uh, need some more explosive plays for sure. I think they're going to be able to score a little bit, um, but I do think that Central Michigan will have uh, will play pretty well. Um, I expect them to be able to throw the ball around quite a bit. And I think this is a game where we look up in the end of the second quarter and they already have like 21 points. Um, I think UVA plays decently, um, but I do think that they fall to 0-4. I think the final score is 31-24 Central Michigan in a game where Central Michigan has a lead of like 28-14 for a while and UVA kind of tightens it up a little bit at the end, but not enough to win. I, um, I'm of similar mind. I think that... The thing that I that thing that keeps tripping me up when we were joking about this before we came on air was we were, we were Dave made a joke about how we should take we should take some a new segment where we take bets on like the new guy who's going to have to play a lot because it seems to kind of happen week in and week out. Last week it was Kareem Gibson who I guess didn't necessarily have to play but he apparently played pretty well in practice and Broncos a kind of coach who wants to develop guys so he gave him some burn. Um, I'm a little bit worried in this game because while Cooper Rush might not have the biggest arm, he's going to have a lot of weapons and a system that, that works and they're going to be spread them out. And I'm a little bit worried about Virginia on the edges and specifically with young outside linebackers. Um, you know, Chris Peace is, is really good at, at getting after the quarterback, but there's really no like real depth. I mean, Jordan Mack is, uh, you know, 
You know, he's still adjusting to a new position. His backup right now is Eric Gallon, who I don't think has played this year. Um, between that and young cornerbacks, you know, Tim Harris is, is as we said, going to have that, that labrum surgery this week. You're going to have either Miles Robinson, Kareem Gibson on one side, Thornhill um, on the other, um, if not Bryce Hall. And so I just feel like there's a lot of youth in places where a, a seasoned quarterback is going to pick on you and he's going to be able to, to get you. Uh, here and there, and so I'm not necessarily expecting Oregon-like numbers, but I do think that even though the even, I could see the defense giving up a lot of points and not necessarily playing poorly, I, I just think that it's just a situation where they're going to be some backbreaking um, plays that Central Michigan makes. Um, offensively, though, I, I agree. I think Virginia is going to score some points in this game. I think especially if if uh, Tony Anise is is a, unable to go, the senior safety uh, hasn't practiced this week, according to to Nate Schneider with the Morning Sun up in Mount Pleasant. Um, if that's the case, I think. That even helps the, the case even more. But I, I do think that we've seen Virginia focal point production. Like, they're good at this, – this staff has been good at that. And so I do think you're going to see them going downfield a little bit. I think the fact that Warren Kraft is listed on the depth chart is a good sign because he did not play last week. Um, you know, I think Keon Johnson is having a really nice senior season and certainly it would be good for the offense as a whole to get something out of Andre Lavroni and David Eldridge, guys that we really thought in the preseason would be, um, you know, stalwarts of this offense that just haven't so far um so i think you're, you're going to see the offense put up some points but i'm, I'm like ferber I, I just think that ultimately uh, central michigan has has too much experience and a quarterback who's going to play in the league and generally that's the difference um so i have i have the cavaliers scoring some points and staying in it i don't i don't know about that two touchdown kind of cushion that ferber was talking about i do kind of think it's a nip and tuck game but ultimately central michigan makes some plays and gets the win i got them i got the chippewas 33 27 um in the in the preseason just to throw shade my own way i had virginia winning by 30 so it's all good um so yeah i just think that this is one where ultimately the injuries catch up um virginia's just too young uh too inexperienced and in in, in this is just a bad matchup regardless of whether or not they're playing home um would not shock me to see virginia you know play pretty well defensively and actually put together some offense and and stuff, but I think they got to They kind of got. I'm at the point with them pick with picking UVA right now, where they got to go out and prove it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to go show me that you can do it before I'm going to say you're going to do it. Um, and that's just kind of the that's that. I think that's just a product of the the past three weeks and and kind of what we've seen from the team so far. Um, like I said, wouldn't be shocked if they won it, but but it's kind of hard to pick it. At least you guys need to give us put some money on the over under then, because it's 49 points. So. Well, uh, I don't know, man. I, Seems like easy money, right? It would seem like it, but then again, I don't bet, so because you know, I have it at fifty-five, <laughs> which isn't that much further up. So, yeah, man. Gosh, I only have it at six, sixty. Six points. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Forty-nine sounds about right to me, though. It could easily be twenty-seven, twenty-one, or something. That's true. Yeah. It could. Although that would be much closer to what Dave said, but. Anyway, hopefully by this point, everybody out there is able to listen to the podcast, which would be a nice improvement over last <laughs> week. Um, want to thank Dave and, and, and Ferber for being on the show as always. want to thank everybody out there for always supporting the show. Um, it's, nice, it's nice when you can't post a podcast and you get a bunch of emails and say, hey, man, where's the podcast? That's kind of nice. So, yeah, I appreciate you guys out there for supporting the show. For David Spence, for Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.